It's Mark Reardon for C-Speak, the language of executives, sponsored by PNC Bank. I'm talking about the arts today with Michael Scully, regional president of PNC Bank, along with Felicia Shaw, executive director of the Regional Arts Commission of St. Louis, and Cindy Prost, president of the Arts and Education Council. Felicia and Cindy, thanks for coming in. It's nice to talk to you. How are you? Great. Wonderful. Thanks for having us. Let's start with just talking about these two organizations. And Felicia, I'll start with you. Tell me about RAC. Yeah, the Regional Arts Commission is technically a quasi-government nonprofit organization. We were founded in 1985 by a group of really smart people who said, well, what if we took the hotel-motel taxes from the region and invested in them in the arts? And it was a great idea. It really worked. Uh, today, we have hundreds and hundreds of nonprofit arts organizations who are the recipients of the hotel-motel taxes people pay when they stay in, in a bedroom, a hotel. The way that we're different is that we're designated by the government to regrant those funds back out to nonprofit organizations, everything from the symphony and the opera to small little uh, community theaters. Cindy, for folks who might not be familiar, tell us about the Arts and Education Council. Well, the Arts and Education Council has been around for about 53-plus years, and we actually galvanize and marshal private support for the arts. And so we raise money from individuals, corporations, and then we regrant that money out into the community. So we've been around long enough to provide seed money for uh, some of our legacy institutions like Opera Theater of St. Louis and the Repertory Theater. We also own a building about 10 blocks west of here, an arts incubator, where we're now incubating 20 arts organizations uh, for further growth. So the difference between the two organizations is one has been privately supported for many, many years, and then the other uh, is tax-supported. Felicia and Cindy, these are two great organizations here in St. Louis that focus on the arts. How does each benefit from and help the other agency? Well, I think that we're great partners first in raising the visibility and awareness of our cultural assets in St. Louis, of which there are many. Uh, Obviously, some of the same organizations that Cindy funds, we fund. But together, we leverage the promotions. uh, Our organizations leverage the funding. And so we can send a louder communication to the community about the value of the arts overall. I would say that uh, the St. Louis region is so unique in that um, arts organizations actually have three areas of support that they can go to, the Missouri Arts Council, the Regional Arts Council, and the Arts and Education Council. And that is actually very unique in the country to have three such robust uh, arts organizations that are available for granting and funding. So, Felicia, tell us, how important are the arts in our community, particularly the business community? Well, you know, I really believe that the arts are as important to our community as good schools, safe streets, affordable housing, clean air and water. Uh, When people consider what makes their community a great place to live, the arts usually appear on their short list of priorities. You know, you think of some of the great cities of the world, New York, Los Angeles, Paris and London, they all promote the arts as among their most important community assets. And that's no different than here in St. Louis Uh, The arts are a catalyst for creativity. They beautify our neighborhoods, and they bring people together. Again, I had the opportunity to experience the Festival of Nations, and there were hundreds and hundreds of people coming together who wouldn't normally be there, all to enjoy the arts. Now, the business community, I think, is a strong recipient of the the great things that the arts do. I'll give you one example. Um, Wells Fargo Advisors recently invested nearly a million dollars with the Regional Arts Commission to help young people 
develop more empathy and more awareness of the arts through an enrichment program. They benefit because they're associated with something that's doing great things in the community. And our young people benefit because um, many kids who don't have an opportunity to experience the arts do so because of their investment. So, Cindy, how can business owners use the arts to engage employees and increase their own brand awareness? Well, employee engagement and retention remains a priority for the business community. In the conference board CEO challenge, CEOs reported that strategies to improve productivity center on developing talent from within, improving leadership skills and pipeline, and building a performance culture through engagement, measurement, and accountability. So companies consider the arts to be important in building quality of life, stimulating creative thinking and problem solving, and actually offering networking opportunities and the potential to develop new business and build market share. Companies can provide a range of arts-related activities to employees, such as board service opportunities at arts organizations, volunteer opportunities, free or discounted tickets to arts events, to name a few. So large companies use the arts to improve diversity and inclusion through employee resource groups. What do you think that businesses can learn from the arts, and can the arts help us solve some of our more entrenched challenges? There's several things that businesses can learn from the arts. I think they can start by thinking like artists. Artists are great storytellers. They learn to communicate and tell their stories through their art, stories that spark great conversations about what they do. As a business, you want to create buzz, right? And have people talking about your products. So think like an artist and learn to tell stories that make people value what your business does. Another way that businesses can learn from the arts is to learn to think like kids. Artists love to be playful. They love to experiment. I think businesses should get into the, the work of playing around and allowing their, their employees to have space and time to create, to be more innovative. So, Cindy, what is the case for a business to invest in the arts and, in fact, even in our local artists? I think that the arts play such a vital role in helping us find our authentic voice and remembering who we are as human beings. And I also think that employees also want to live and work in a vibrant community. So when you partner to support local theater, music, museums, dance, and public art, you really help to make your community more attractive to current and future employees. Happier employees make for a happier workplace, but you knew that, Mike, already. St. Louis's lively art scene attracts the educated, talented workforce that businesses need to grow and thrive. And for businesses, that means also a higher caliber customer base, possibly. Felicia, how can the arts support local businesses and maybe address the value of creativity as well? Yeah, I'll talk about the value of creativity first. You know, you ask any successful business today and they'll tell you that their best work happens as a result of creativity and innovation. You look at Apple or Google or even your corner grocery store and they recognize that creative thinking in the workplace will benefit their organization and give them a competitive advantage. And it's not just the brainstorming and coming up with a lot of ideas. Anyone can do that. But the value of creativity lies in the ability to come up with great ideas that actually work, to help you do something quicker or bring more value to your customers. Uh, this happens in the arts all the time, and businesses can grow if they adopt a commitment to creativity. The arts support local businesses all the time. You think about the type of spending that happens when people go to out to the arts, uh, they go to the symphony or they go to a play. They're going to go to a restaurant for dinner. They may buy a new outfit. They're going to catch an Uber or a taxi. 
the type of economic impact that happens when people are engaged in the arts is quantifiable and measurable. And we actually have some data to prove that. Every five years, we participate in a, a major national study that's sponsored by Americans for the Arts. And what they do is they go out and they ask cities all over the country, and ours included, to measure what do people spend, not just on uh, restaurants and things like that, but what do our organizations spend on the arts? And the, the outcome is pretty phenomenal. What we learned is that here in St. Louis, the nonprofit arts community spends nearly $364 million to support the arts each year. This spending supports over 19,000 full-time jobs, generates more than $476 million in household income, and contributes over $28 million to local government. Now, that's a pretty impressive return on investment. And you, you can't just look at this and say, oh, well, this is just the nonprofit community. If we add it in the for-profit community, the galleries, uh, some of our uh, concert stages, then the number is incrementally even more. So, Felicia, is the notion of cultural tourism something the business community should care about? Uh, so first, uh, a quick definition of cultural tourism for those who aren't familiar with the term. Cultural tourism is simply travel directed toward experiencing the arts, heritage, and special character of a place. So when you visit New York or with the intention of taking on a few Broadway plays, that's cultural tourism. Go to Washington, D.C. to visit the Smithsonian, that's cultural tourism. Or even when people travel here from out of uh, state, and people do all the time to hear the, our St. Louis Symphony, that's cultural tourism. Cultural tourism matters because it's big business. The type of people who travel to experience the arts are the type of travels you want visiting your community because they spend more money than others, and they stay longer, all of which results in greater revenues to our community. Those travelers love to dine out in our restaurants. They stay in hotels, which we love because they generate hotel motel taxes. They rent cars and taxis, and they love to shop. Um, St. Louis should be doing all it can to attract cultural tourists, which means continuing to support the arts, which provide unique experiences that get people wanting to return to our community again and again. Cindy, when we say creative economy, what are we talking about there? Well, a creative economy is based on people's use of their creative imagination to increase an idea's value. So the concept describes economic systems where value is based on novel imaginative qualities rather than the traditional resources of land, labor, and capital. So compared to creative industries, which are limited to specific sources, the term creative economy is used to describe creativity throughout a whole economy. Some observers take the view that creativity is, is the defining characteristic of 21st century economies, just as manufacturing typified 19th and early 20th centuries. What about maker economy or gig economy? I think maker economy and gig economy, I think it really is all sort of folded into this concept of this overall creative economy that we're in right now. I mean, I think if you look at, you know, some of the things I like to talk to folks about is, you know, when you look at the design of, a, of an iPhone and the things that you use every day, you know, how you use your computer and the screen and the, the sort of the visual uh, art of it, it, it really speaks to this creative economy. I mean, you think you just really have to have that level of problem solving and creative thinking to design the products that people need now and into the future. 
How then can businesses help cultivate the cultural community of the future? I think whether people realize it or not, most of them are partaking in creative arts-related activities simply by going to a movie or listening to their favorite band or admiring the design of an art, of a car or an iPhone. All of these activities involve a form of creative expression and creative thought and decision-making using artistic processes to bring new products and experiences to people. So the arts really are everywhere and for everyone. The Conference Board CEO's Challenge Report in 2017 identifies the number four top challenge for U.S. CEOs on the list of global concerns is the ability to retain and attract top talent. Uh, one of A&E's board members, Chris Dornfeld, is president and co-founder of the Bonfire app. He says, we can't have a vibrant entrepreneurial ecosystem and region without a vibrant arts community. And if you talk to college-age people and knowledge workers, especially people with STEM backgrounds, they are often picking the cities and the jobs they want based on those creative environments. They are looking to cities and metro areas that have a vibrancy and creativity to them that they want to be a part of. So that's sort of the overall theme of the creative economy and how it plays into how people, where they want to live and how they want to work and where they want to work in today's modern era. So we've heard for years that, you know, there are cuts in arts education funding. Sometimes it seems to be the first thing that goes, which is disappointing to me. What does that mean for the future? I think the future is still bright. And one of the reasons is that our arts organizations are stepping up. They understand that our children need a well-rounded education that includes the arts. And they're specifically going into schools, not just during the day, but after schools, and trying to fill that void. Now, where are they getting the money? I mean, they have tight budgets as well. That's where the business community comes in. There are many uh, local banks, PNC is one of them, Wells Fargo, that have several programs that specifically target arts education in the schools. And then our artists, too, are specifically being trained to integrate the arts into everyday curriculum. So kids are learning now how to uh, do math, history, literature, all in and through the arts. So the future looks bright. It's tough. It's always been tough for the arts in education, but I think we're going to be okay. Cindy, you want to weigh in on that a little bit? I would I would um, add, I do agree with Felicia. I think that um, it, it has sort of always been this landscape of challenged uh, funding for the arts in the United States. But I would say when you look at sort of the scope of, of even how long A&E's been in existence, 53 years, and just the tremendous growth in arts assets that we have in our community. When when you look back, you know, when A&E was first founded, there was maybe a handful of arts organizations in our environment. And so I think that the arts always finds a way. I think philanthropy helps a good deal. Um, and, and I do think that probably students in this era are probably getting exposed to more arts than they did even 50 years ago. So I agree with Felicia 100%. I think the future's bright, and I do think that arts will always find a way. For more C-Speak content, go to camox.com slash news. C-Speak, sponsored by PNC Bank.